Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the D-Hoop University podcast. This is your host, Daryl Harris, also known as D-Hoopster. And we have a hefty offering for you guys on this episode. This is also our longest hiatus between episodes. So, like I said, this pod is coming from a place of passion. We felt the need to go in depth and catch up. Shiv is really charged up. He hasn't potted in over a week, and he has been on an emotional roller coaster. So, guaranteed, we're going to get some strong opinions and some more clear minded thoughts about what went down in the Eastern Conference Finals because the clouds of the instant reaction have parted, and we can kind of look at things with a, a clear mind and apply some better analysis. So, we had some good discussion on that. We're also going to talk about the Nuggets, who are deserving of a a mention now that we're entering the finals. We're also going to talk about some headlines around the league before we get out of here. And we are going to fall on a lot of conversations in between. But as we like to do on this pod, we started things off by going back in time and bringing up an analogy that ties into where we are and... (laughs) We had some fun with that, so enjoy the pod. Without further ado, let's talk some hoops. Steph, let's begin with a trip down memory lane, shall we? Let's do it. Before we we get to the matters at hand, because I feel like I've I've seen this scenario from the Eastern Conference Finals play out. I feel like I've lived it before. It's it's because we did, bro. Let's talk about the the doomed intramural Baylor University basketball team of fall 2016. (laughs) Legends. Spring 2016. A team full of guys that were committed to one goal, but ultimately came up short. Not by their own. Not... (laughs) Not not exactly at the hands of their own demise. Somebody I, somebody's hands are are guilty in this. I may or may not have been at fault for getting uh the double tech and getting kicked out of the game. One of us may have gotten the team disqualified to have, and let's say it's not me, but another one of us might have partially tore their ACL in that game, and that wasn't Shiv. That was me. And so. that injury happened on somebody trying to take a cheap charge in intramural playoffs oh god who doesn't know how to take a charge yeah bros just spammed circle on 2k before thought he could do it in real life i wanted to bring this up but now i'm gonna rage because dude i euroed and made the bucket yeah feel the injury hit the little pad on the wall or whatever Yep. I'm like, yo, it's what happened. I hear they they called the whistle. I get up. I felt it. I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. Um, and then I'm like thinking I got a free throw or the end one. And they called the charge. They called the charge. That was the worst part. They called the charge. Shortly after that, I swear at the ref. Boom. Tech. I swear as I'm going off the floor. The <laughs> at halftime. One late- door out of one foot out of the door to get some water. <laughs> I swear again, 
the lady who runs intramurals hits me with the tech disqualified get out of here pack your things At Christian Baylor University, oh my god, what a joke! It, 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 we we broke we broke the rule, I got and, hit with and and what a crew that was. We were going to do this if we had Isaiah on as well because yeah. Isaiah was a part of that team. It's a special team, man. It's a special team that took on the world. That took on the world. I don't even care like what they say. You could have. Div was the Manu Ginobili of it all lefty included but just the scoring heat check like playing defense here and there here and there <laughs> we had i'm Isaiah. not known for my defense we had, I'll, I'll lock up. I'll oh lock you, had, up. you had some highlights i had some defensive highlights i had some first team all defense moments for sure you said isaiah was boris d out which he's going to find defensive he is but... going to find defensive but <laughs> but it, like isaiah was carries he was the perfect glue guy in terms of setting screens, shooting the ball when necessary. It right. was Boris Diaw mixed with like a little bit of Marcus Smart. It was like, all yeah. right, if y'all are going to shoot the ball, then I'm going to shoot it. A lot and of I'm understanding the game. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to shoot it confidently, too. Shoot like, I'm going to hit him. Oh, yeah. We, oh, we yeah. lit up a couple of those courts. Shout out, David. The Pacific and we looked West. just like we were your average ragtag floor of a dorm room like <laughs> just freshman, that knew freshman how to going against the whoever fraternities at the time yeah. oh and my god we lost to some guys that we were about to beat and you guys know how i got hurt, hurt. <laughs> and then and, we and, got kids qualified and i'm sure our listeners know what it's like to play in an intramural game against the fraternity you know how they they, they get the tri delts and the thetas there's there's some onlookers and they got their squad you know they're probably going to grab beers afterwards but our job was not to grab beers our job was not to ha ha he he we were going to send you home unhappy in that 95 degree walk back to your dorm you're going home with that and, and we were going to take a picture after the game they had the posters <laughs> made for them number seven on the court number one in my heart come to formal with me none of that we didn't care about any of that. You we didn't to, do. We just showed up. We just, we just showed, showed up and hooped. We with just some guys. With, with, oh, man, man. It was a time. It was a magical time. To the be run, to the Destin like Cinderella run. Man. That was cut off at the knees. FGCU, Baylor University style. Man. What a and time. We, we, We'll keep the college comparison going because we hate that there was a little bit of time off between the last time you got the two of us. But yeah, seriously, it, it only reemphasizes um, our our name as the casual diehards. Like you think that every now and then we didn't maybe skip a class or two, <laughs> <laughs> turn and maybe maybe try to turn in some homework at the end of the semester. So what if it's from week three, professor? Like, cut me some slack. But hey, we're here. We're, we're here. We're here with the chance to pass. The work is done. We are. We are up to date. We we are prepared today. There's time in this. We you know we got yeah. this. We do this. The all nighters have been pulled. Well, I think like one like um <laughs> like I think I was I was out and about a little bit over these last like over the last like week or two but 
obviously we have a great group of of guys that that are supporting this that are able to step in and do incredible episodes like the draft and you know yeah, we no, had on we we had a busy weekend holiday weekend I went to a show you might have went to a concert I got a new phone like it's been busy it's been it has been <laughs> and a it, weird entrance to summer I will say that I I imagined the entrance to summer going a lot differently but for some reason yet again I find myself at the beginning of summer working from home thinking about what I should be doing this summer and where I want to go knowing I have no plans because Drake screwed my plans up Drake if you're listening to this I've got a bone to pick with you come on the pod address me like a man Aubrey (laughs) That, that that is extremely unfortunate. Shiv had tickets to Miami concert in June on this tour, and then that day gets moved to like August. Not just tickets, floor seats. The t- the concert was supposed to be like June twenty first, and he moves it to September like sixteenth. And it's Which like is dude, not the same time in the calendar. It, not it, at all. I'm like two feet deep in fall in September. That is two that is two very different season. points in time. That is college football season. The leaves are starting to turn a little red. You get some yeah. yellow leaves in there. Yeah. You know, you're not wearing t-shirts that, anymore in Texas. That's not exactly vacation time in, in the office. No one's going to Miami in September. What am I? Like Scarface? Like <laughs> I'm not going to Miami in September. So I canceled that trip and I've just been disgruntled ever since. Oh man, but huh, hard transition. We we uh we will be going to Miami in a matter of days. Yeah, we turn Miami to Yammy. Whew, she ready spaghetti? <laughs> Yo, good stuff. <laughs> um, shout out to Future. Shout out to Future. Number one, I, I have to say, and dude, you have to back me. I never counted Miami out. You never did. One. You never did. You had the the Michael Myers T-shirt, I think, on. I did on uh, <laughs> on the pod that day, and I'll I'll give I'll give my my eulogy for the Celtics right now. Um, I'm are gonna. You, are you ready? Do, do you need me? I'm to ready. Like... I took I took some time. You know, after the game was over, my my usual gaming crew hit me up. They're like, "Let's game." I'm like, "I can't. I I just I physically can't pick up." my PS4 controller that's four feet away from me because I am just, I crumpled to the floor. I felt gutted. I felt worse than when I got cheated on. Yeah. Like I, I was listeners go, go easy, go easy on shit for having a PS4. He has priorities. He's going, he's going to update. He's going to update soon. I've, <laughs> I've, I'm sorry. I have a PS4. If you want to send me the, the gameplay is still mad. decent. The gameplay is fine. And, I'm Indian, so if it isn't broke, you're not getting a new one. That's how it works in the proud <laughs> household. So let's start with this. We had an incredible, incredible season. I don't care that it ended in a Game 7 loss. The Game 7 loss, to highlight it, felt like they ran out of gas and they got hit with an unfortunate injury on the first play, which we'll dive into. But looking at the season as a whole, looking as looking at the season as a whole, I feel like it wasn't a failure at all. You look at Joe Missoula, he got a lot of flack this series, and the tables obviously turned when he started winning games and people started to believe. And nobody remembers this, but we lost Will Hardy, Damon Stoudemire, and Ime Udoka 
in the same summer, and the Celtics found out two days before the season started that they were going to have a new head coach. And if you told me that we're getting a rookie head coach that's going to take us within a game of winning the Eastern Conference Finals. Who's younger than LeBron James. I'll tell you that I'm taking Younger than Horford. Shout out to Bob Huggins. He was at Press Virginia. Deshaun Butler, anyone? Anybody remember that name? Probably not. You got to go into the history books for that one. Um, anyways, long story short, it was a great season by the guys. We obviously didn't want to have it end the way it did. I'm just glad everybody's healthy to end the season. You know, it seems like Tatum will be all right. He'll probably get some rest on that ankle. Jalen Brown. And I'm going to touch on this right now, actually. A lot of guys, J.J. Redick included, describe Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as having a redundancy in the same skill set. But if you watch Game 7 alone, it goes to show you why you kind of need both guys doing their thing because Jalen Brown started that game hot. I think he went 5-for-5 five five to start the game. Yeah, no, the the uh, the ability to have, you know, the switch, both switches on, like, or just yeah. flip whenever you need. And the thing about the thing about the difference between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you saw it in game seven. Jalen Brown's not a natural facilitator. Tatum is. And when yeah. they said, oh, they got the same skill set. No, they don't. Jalen Brown is downhill. I'm coming at you. I have this springy yeah. bounce. I can get to the rim. I can do these athletic finishes. Mixed with Tatum, shot making. Yeah. Tatum's more of I can post you up. I can kind of play off the dribble, but I can definitely get my guys in a great position to hit an open three if needed. Jalen Brown doesn't have that in his game. That's not a knock on Jalen. That's just who he is as a player. And that's why when they're clicking together, their ceiling is the best duo in the league. And when it's not working, it's just one of those guys carrying and the other guy's not showing up. That's kind of what you take when you have a dynamic duo. You know, one guy's not going to have it. No, man, I, uh, we, this is I, I love the timing of it because the reaction to it all and the uh, hot takes or whatever the heat of the moment brought out would be great. But but this is more insightful. And I felt the same when I recorded my Lakers farewell, where for one, yeah, like you, the next day you get this like, well, yo, look at like, bro, we there's two teams left like. You feel me? I, I'm not I'm not too mad. Only one team wins the ring. Every- and right. And last week, I couldn't have predicted it playing out as, you know, coming back greatly as it did. But I I said that, hey, like, Shiv's ready to, like, get on right now and burn this team a new one. And they were down 0-3. And I was like, we honestly just can't yet because all you got to do is win the one in front of you. And I was like, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't say, we don't write things off too early, like here, because I was like, there's more juice to squeeze out of this series, regardless of what it was. And you you win one and there's more and you see that. Yeah. The the outcome, we, we could have called this the inevitable part two because the three O whole history has another one bites the dust, but um, we came damn close and that record will fall in probably the next two to three years that record will it's gotta, fall it, it's gotta and you know after the fact after the dust kind of settles you, you can look at things you know clear and <sighs> yeah it's a tough one but we learned a lot in the in the way those that series unfolded played out to be and one of those is that hey you can't fall damn Missoula no you can't 
You, you can still maybe Jalen Brown did not help his trade value, but this is what we've said on the pod before. And I, I've said, if the Celtics would have won, it wouldn't have entirely disproved it. Them losing makes it now still relevant. But I said that I think this team is just, bad. yeah, no, I think that uh, Tatum and Brown work. Let's get a third that makes them a big three that still is supplemented to what you're getting from them because it's not redundant and Brown has his flaws, but they're clear when there's not another, you know, leg to lean on. And yeah. with, with Jason Tatum being injured now throw the, throw the book out the window because yeah. you know, that, that wasn't in the script definitely wasn't from tip off. Yeah. And yeah, now those, you know, dark spots are going to shine, you know, a little bit easier and they're going to get taken advantage of. But I still do think that this team would benefit from, and I was saying that I wanted to see Rob be impactful. He became impactful, hands down. Like Rob did his stuff again. So I was thinking the third that fits them is either another dynamic big or it's a point guard person. I kind of person I'm throwing out there that I'd like to see go to Boston and hang it up in Boston in a different role, not even just as a player, but I'd love to see Chris Paul make his way over there next year. And I think everything could stay intact in terms you know, of the honestly, head coach. Make the deal the pieces that you got to make it happen. Send them back. Brogdon. Cool. Take them. Right. We didn't need them when it mattered most anyway. I mean, you know, kind of, but yeah. it's all we're, we'll take Chris Paul back. And now let's figure right. this out. Just an idea. I'm just throwing that out there, but yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think Boston had to exert so much energy and so much physical and mental taxation with coming down, coming back from down three zero, and then you combine that with the unexpected injury, and you could tell that that was going to be Tatum's game. Yeah, from that first uh, play of the game who, where he was knows? like, "No, I'm going yeah. to the rim." Right, right. Who knows? Right, but I'm we, going we to can't. Room. We got to talk about Miami too, though. Just yeah, a, this far into this far into the conversation, I can't, I can't mention this Miami series without saying that that's not Caleb Martin. That's Jesus disguised as Caleb Martin. Well, I will tell you. I'm glad you led with that because, dude, who are some of the random guys who are just going to be a reason their team is yeah. either in the finals or wins it? And I didn't have him on my list. I definitely Caleb, he ended up being that guy. And that's the fun part because we'll, yeah. you're you were never expecting it. Be. Yeah. Um, but my first game when I transferred to UNLV and became a student there as an undergrad, first basketball game I went to, um, I missed I, I you know, I let a couple go by. I went to the rival game against UNR, sat with, you know, fraternity bros, and that was my introduction to the basketball team. And we're playing UNR, who at the time has twins caleb and cody and they also have uh another couple guys that are in another guy or two who might be in the league i'm blanking but i was like yo these boys are cold (laughs) these boys are giving it to us so i just had that i was lucky to have that first impression of them so i'm like i know they're cold i've seen them tear up a a conference which we know is respectable and to have on your resume yeah but i'm so i'm happy to see that and we had Isaiah on here mentioning, you know, that those guys are really guys. And yeah. we, we saw the, the crew put it together, being Gabe Vincent for a couple games, Duncan Robinson for a couple games. 
Yeah. We haven't even seen Tyler Hero, which when we talk about the injury to Tatum, at the end of the day, I the best team won. That's a, I mean, not the best, you know, the better team won. Yeah. At the no, end of the sure. day, uh, out of who we got. And a seven game series ultimately doesn't lie to you. And we may have not, you know, we may have wanted to see a more competitive game. We may have thought that game six should have been called differently down the stretch or, you know, the, the, the conspiracies around the ending of game six. Right. But it's like, you know, if Miami didn't take care of business from the point forward that Tatum wasn't, you know, able to be a hundred percent and that would became noticeable. If they snug past that game, it would have been like, oh man, this team still, you could still, you know, people would be calling them frauds still. Right, right. There's, there's no, you know, they did lose the 03 lead. Right. But they ultimately didn't fold. Yeah. That, that wasn't, they, they, they got the cushion. And a very cool stat that was brought up in that game was that they had, I believe, the fourth most combined missed games by players on their roster behind yeah. three teams that were all in the lottery. Yeah. And that's the first time I've even heard that stat reference. So I thought yeah. that was cool, but pretty yeah, insightful sure. that, yeah, this team probably would have had a different record is record isn't reflective of who they really are at right. this time of the year. And they were also there last year. So, yeah. but they were that record for a reason. They, had, they fought through adversity as well and had an injury that they dealt with the entire postseason. Right. And right, right. Hey man, They've got action, if you ask me, 100% against Denver uh, as well. And they, uh, they did their thing. We, we don't have to to put to bed that series yet because also I want to say that, yeah, that game six, Jimmy Butler drawing the foul in the corner, Jimmy Butler making every one of those free throws in an insane just – moment in time if you're watching it the marcus the, page grows dude the follow-up shout out to marcus page he had a hell of a, a hell of a would-be game winner with jordan watching <laughs> dude um to the i was literally i'm holding my son bash holding him on the couch like getting like playing up this moment like this game with him and the balls inbounded i'm like i don't care what the hell happened? I wasn't saying this at the moment, but in my head, I'm like, Boston, I don't care what the hell happens. Get this ball to Tatum. I don't care if he pulled a Reggie Miller. I'm shoving somebody and the ref either is going to call it or not. But, like, get this ball to Tatum. Who does the ball end up in? Marcus Smart's hands. Yeah. And you know how I feel about that? I also yeah. respect, hey, he's a leader. He he can do, he can do it. I was just so it. mad. That like ended up in his hand. I'm like, of course, you guys let the season come down well, to like this. Well, think about it. Think about it this right. way. Right. I'm not, but it was the play, though. They they snuffed it out. They snuffed Tatum on the play. And it led to Derek White not being uncontested on the crash and not giving up for a second. And the team never did either, which is why that ending was a, I don't know where we're throwing it, but mark it now. That was a, all you time. know, Pantheon highlight, like all decade moment that we will revisit. Like that was classic. It was, it was, <laughs> it was insane. Game. It was an incredible end to the series. Obviously I wish it went my way, but at the end of the day, um, you know, the team that puts up more points wins. And 
you know what? When Caleb Martin is looking like Devin Booker and putting up Devin Booker playoff point numbers, what can you do? You know, Jalen Brown wants to hand them the ball. Season of giving. Christmas came early in Boston for the Miami Heat. Jalen Brown said, hey, you go, go ahead and have the ball eight times. Y'all will turn it up. Y'all will turn it over seven times as a team. I'm going to turn it over eight <laughs> as an individual. <laughs> and it's sad because there's a montage of clips circulating Jalen Brown driving left and Jimmy Butler stealing it from him every single time he went left. And oh, I man, watched he, that, that. That was the worst. The turnovers versus the team turnovers for Miami was the worst graphic of the of the of the series. No, it was. And I mean, that, Miami, that was me. Miami does that. And at the end of the day, look, Miami's got some guys. And you go down swinging, man. I'm not mad at it. Listen, you know, with Jalen, it's like, okay, like, yeah, like, you know, I, I get the whole sensationalized. Let's trade him for a dame. Let's trade him for Wiggins or Poole. Let's trade him for so-and-so, KD, whatever. But at the end of the day, he's only 26. You know, he's only 26. And we are going to have a pod where we really – flesh out what the CBA changes are and how that impacts teams. But regardless of your level of knowledge, you pay that guy. You give him what he wants. And maybe in the true spirit, maybe taking from the Patriot way a little bit, maybe you settle for a little less with him. You settle for a little less with Tatum and you go get some guys around them. Got to, man. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. I I, I say the big three thing just because that's that's what every team has, unless you have a guy who is top two bar none. And my biggest thing is I want to bring Al back. I want him under the right deal because I want the Celtics to throw the bag at Seth Curry, whatever it takes. Get this man in green and white because – if there's if there, there's one guy and we didn't do a trade deadline pod, obviously this pod wasn't up, but when the trade deadline was happening, I said, whatever the Celtics do, go try to get Luke Kennard, whatever it takes, go get Luke Kennard. Because at the end of the day, we have Seth Curry facilitating or initiating the offense on a zone instead of Jalen Brown. All of a sudden, that's a lot of open threes that that guy can make because when he's playing, he's usually leading the league yeah. in three-point percentage. That was so, a stat that we brought up in the preview that Boston at the time was 36 and two on the year whenever they shot over 40%. And that record went, they added two or three more totals to that record in that series, because yeah, when the shots fall, they actually don't lose, which is every team can't say the same because their record doesn't reflect it like that. Right. And on the other nights, you know, just a little more juice is needed. Just a little more. And it's it's a tough spot to be in, but the, the Tatum injury did be the, it was the deciding factor. It was I, I'll add this on Tatum before you know we properly because we'll talk about Miami for a few episodes to come still. So they're gonna get their due. Isaiah's gonna do them justice as well on the pod, but to add a little bit on Tatum, it's I I don't know why, but I I really do see strong, more so career arcs. It's not in the player as heavily, but I also see player resemblances to LeBron. I just see him walking a similar path in terms of just a six nine, six eight, six nine, strong forward who can do everything. Yep. And eventually 
they figure out how to make everything revolve around them. And when they do, when that happens, everybody will be in trouble. Yeah, I agree. Because it'll, it'll take a, something special to beat that. He's 25, man. I was 25 last year, and I can barely make it to the Y and run pickup for two hours. This guy's won an Olympic gold medal. Or yeah, no, kid's medal. special. Kid's special. He's, he's, he's going to be all right. If, if you want a good watch, right. check out the Kobe detail versions now yeah. in retrospect on oh, Jason yeah. Tatum because I, I saw oh. some pop up on social media and I was like, wow. Wow. And it was from his rookie postseason against uh series against the Cavs, yeah. where Kobe was just like, All right, this guy's special. But look, I'm telling you right now what I'm seeing and that he needs to improve. And you see him call it out right then. And you look at what he's done now, and it's like he took it to heart. Yeah. Like he he's done it. And we we could have saw something special, but Miami, they, they took care of business. They didn't play, Miami. they didn't play with it. They they said they booked the ticket the morning of, and I thought that was nuts. Well, I mean they had to, right? <laughs> like, I mean, hey, do your thing. Do your thing, 21. For that to be a push <laughs> alert, though, that that that's why. <laughs> yeah, hey. Hey, congratulations to Miami. They played a great series. Obviously, Spoh's a great coach. Nobody's ever really questioned that. Do you and want to talk about Denver any? Well, should we talk about Denver? Yeah, let's talk about Denver. Because we, we, we can do it, we can do it quickly. Yeah. We we or however long, I don't care. We haven't really touched on Denver that much. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched much of them this postseason. I've watched a few games here and there. I would say maybe like four or five, just kind of on in the background casually, because the game the West Coast games always start really late here. But I don't see Miami running the zone against Denver. Because the zone is so reliant upon the opposing team's big not knowing what to do with the ball at the free throw line. And when you have 37-year-old Al Horford catching it in the middle, yeah, you're probably in a good spot if you're running the zone because Horford is not a facilitator, at least not at 37. But when you have an all-around big who can who you can stick in the middle surrounded by very nuanced, specific role players that understand their role and understand what they're good at and understand what they're doing it's kind of hard to run that zone so i'm interested to see what the matchup is there for miami whether they run some variation of this zone whether they switch it up to man but i you 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 have to highlight obviously Jokic's unreal play but at the same time you know, and I give and I and I call my I don't call him Michael Porter Jr. I call him Michael. I've never seen a shot that I'll pass up Porter Jr. slash Michael fuck a swing pass Porter Jr. Because he has quietly become a great rebounder and a great he's been a rebounder. facilitator. He boards. He boards. He does. And he's gonna need to do that because the thing about Denver and the West that Coast. That was his profile. That was his profile. The thing about the Western Conference for me, the last few years of the Western Conference, every playoff series feels like an all-star game. It's up and down, up and down, up and down, threes, 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 alley-oops, flashy bounce pass, no look, up and down, up and down, up and down. Whereas the Eastern Conference playoffs always feels like forearm to the chest. Somebody's bleeding. Somebody gets their face stepped on. It feels like such a dogfight. So you get these two conflicting styles of play where – Denver wants to get up and down and they want to run and they want to, you know, bounce pass and swing, swing three pointer. And then you have Miami who 
no, we're going to slow it down. You're going to feel our presence. You're going to feel yourself running through every screen. And I'm interested to see how those styles clash. Typically, defense wins championships. And I want to say Miami has a much better defensive team than Denver because outside of Bruce Brown and KCP and maybe Aaron Gordon, I don't know who else is really playing defense like that. So I'm interested to see what this is. To me, this feels like a high-octane offense versus a very locked in and in sync defense so who knows give me denver and five because i'm not a fan of miami so i'm taking denver and five four one this make this a boring series for me and let's let let me move on in peace because i i i can't see caleb martin holding this trophy he is giving me nightmares he's giving me problems today at work we had a check-in question with a client and they said, and the and the, and the check-in question before the meeting was, name a fictional place that you would like to visit. And I thought I was on mute, and so I kind of muttered something, and I was like, ah, the NBA Finals. And they were like, oh, do do you want to repeat that? We didn't really hear that. And I was like, I'm not on mute. So I was like, ah, oh, the yeah. NBA Finals because my team got bounced in Game Seven, and that that the NBA Finals is pretty much as fictional as Hogwarts or you know, the Percy Jackson universe or the Marvel Cinematic Universe for me at this point. So I'm going to say the NBA Finals. And he's had me in a mess. I've got problems with everyone now because of Caleb Martin. Couldn't grocery shop because of Caleb Martin. He had me in the dumps, man. I it was no, man. I've never seen anything like it, dude. I, I like... Is he better than Paul George? Like, is this a serious question that... Like, this is a serious question. That I've asked myself is Caleb Martin in 2023 better than Paul George? He might be. He, he honestly might he, be. He isn't yet. He's got an opportunity to do something crazy. That fadeaway uh, jumper over Rob Williams made me rethink my entire life. I'm not even kidding. No, man. I, I know you have, I know you're uh, only applying a little bit of like hate to your take, but I'm telling you, Miami is going to extend this series to six or seven. And Denver will win in six or in seven. These two teams, the first thing I said, forecasting this series when it was 3-0 Miami and Boston, was that, all right, we're going to remember these teams only play twice a year, and it's pro- it's probably, you know, looked over. But they had that little that little skirmish where Jokic blindsided Markeith Morris and after Markeith Morris like ran into him or whatever back in both ways um right. I because I don't know what that was about I don't know what it was over but I can't imagine that there's not some lingering bad blood between these two teams yeah. and it'll be noticeable pretty soon and yeah is Jokic gonna cook he is 1000% going to cook but it's about the Jamal he is, Murray. He is going to insanely cook. He will also have a game or two in foul trouble. Yeah. And it, the series is going to be a sum of all of his parts in that, in that we will get the Miami comeback game. Because the Lakers almost came back on the damn Nuggets. And yeah. game six is – I mean, um, I wish it was a game six. And game three and game four. And yeah. just couldn't pull off the comeback. Miami yeah. can't. Yeah, they will be up at the half on the Nuggets because you think the Nuggets are all offense. For one, that team is just a, a 
their I would say their their emphasis is more so on being able to dictate pace and play at any pace and then applying that pressure to opposing defenses because they can do it on both sides as well. They have they have defenders. They play hard. They are conditioned to play hard. And that's what surfaces against teams because they can get a good look on every possession. They can also match you either defensively or offensively every quarter. And they do not give up at that. So that's going to factor in, but they're going to play with fire because we get this pace going up and down and Miami's going to drill some. Yeah. They're going to definitely have some hot starts to some games. Yeah. yeah, That can happen on the road. That can happen at home. But I think that Denver has – they haven't lost at home yet. I think they will take care of game one and probably game two. And Miami isn't hadn't been in that position this whole postseason yet. They've been able to go steal games, be, you know, the dog that wins the first, you know – first fight and then has their chest puffed out. We haven't seen them have to claw back in a series and then they will get one and they will linger. They'll steal one in Denver. Denver will then defend home court or steal home court back by Mm -hmm. winning on the road, wrap it up in six or seven. Right. That's my, that's my first, that's my first take. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm, I'm sure it goes six or seven as well. I'm just saying five because. Yeah. There's a little bit of, a little bit of, I get it. I have to. It's carryover. It. It's it's how I cope with things. So to my listeners, I don't want to hear it. And I'm also here. Say, I'm here for Miami winning it. I'll let you go. I was just gonna say my biggest thing with with the Nuggets is you've gotten here. Minnesota gave you guys problems, right? Minnesota gave you a ton of problems. You almost let that slip away. Not really. Phoenix. They kind of hung in there. They gave him a problem for like six quarters. Phoenix gave him a problem for like so. I'm interested to see how this Nuggets team responds after having what like an extra week of rest. They've kind of just been sitting around, and I I assume you're not scrimmaging hard. You're not working out hard. I can't imagine that Michael Malone took these took these days off. (laughs) That fool is like having. Several espressos a day. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's just throwing them back, ready up. for media at any moment. He's ready for film breakdown. I know he has these fools on the court. <laughs> I hope so because they're going to need to if they want to beat this team because this team operates as a unit. It's not just one guy. But there is a lot of stake. There's a lot at stake when we're talking legacy, which we will be talking on this podcast very soon yes in in, in much greater detail oh, yeah. and analysis oh yeah but we're, we're going to define essentially how we compare legacy which won't be definitive it won't be concrete but we're going to try and see what we come up with tease tease that real real quick but the legacies of Jimmy Butler or Nikola Jokic will be vaulted with a ring in this series that's for sure I was just going to say a ring for both of them really, really means a lot because for Jokic, the whole narrative has been, ah, you know, the MVP, blah, blah, blah. Like you're just kind of stat padding, you're parading your way through, but you never really got it done when it matters. And now he gets a chance to do that with Jimmy. It's like, yeah, you know, you're this leader of this team, you know, 
you we know you can score at all three levels, but there's no ring to show for it. So what exactly does your legacy rank amongst yeah, you're not a, you're not a young players. buck anymore yeah, yeah you're like the guy you're like an alpha in this league and there hasn't been many this would be a dirk ring where it like and dirk had a much bigger and more established legacy thus I far mean, dirk ran the gauntlet the year yeah. he won the ring. that too it was insane it was an insane run and it's one where it's like yeah from that point forward you don't really have to prove it ever again. Jimmy's is coming later in his career, which I'm trying to find the the recent example for, and it would probably only apply to like a role player more so than like the the, the star that got it done. It hasn't really happened for anybody at what 34. I can't leading a team. Can't think of anyone. Ring? I would no. honestly say maybe like Paul Pierce and KG, where it's like. Possibly. You got one. Yeah, it wasn't thirty four though. Yeah, I they were they were older. They were older though. It was they were in their 30. it was it was it was a thirty two or thirty. It, was it, it might have been, it might have been in the early thirties. I don't I want I don't want to say it was thirty four. The dirty thirty working on. But uh, yeah, no. So that would be some sort of modern precedent. No, it would. And yeah, uh, but a ring means a lot for both on, of them. Right on the flip for Jokic, I think it does a lot. I think it does a couple things. Um, first. He's immediately in the all-time big man conversation. He's at least his, his fixture is permanent in the graphic of the timeline of the all-time bigs. And you can put his over a time span solidified by one ring, but it was a stretch of dominance and in, 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 in greatness for at least the last four years Yeah, where it's just like, hold on, what is this guy doing? And when you look at, bigs you know we talked i talked about bigs at the origin of this podcast i was like i want some big to have that statement yo i get this is a small you know guard stretch them out pace league analytical league you know we're not giving post touches right can i please get a big that does something about that and you look at the bigs who have rings and lead their teams to championships it's Hakeem, it's Duncan, it's Shaq, it's Kareem. It's no no shade. It's not Carlos Boozer and Amari Stoudemire. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not guys who are, yeah, all-stars and, you know, multiple all-NBAs and, you know, household names. They're not legends, though. No, this, this is like, this, this, this puts him, I think a ring kicks Embiid out of any sort of, great big man conversation forever it, it distances them i would say the only contemporary that i would say next in line at that point i would say clear all time, i think anthony davis was top 75 i think Jokic yeah, was, was too though i forgot what it, i don't know if it was a list or not i can't but remember if it was yeah Jokic is now certainly top yeah. 75 yeah and uh i would say he clears 80 because yeah. he would have multiple, you know, MVPs and leader of the team and right. alpha ring and all of that. So it, that argument isn't there. And he also just fried his ass. Yeah. <laughs> in the playoffs. In, in 8K jib camera. Hibachi. <laughs> in alternate <laughs> reality. Yeah, no, it, it, was that. it was it was artificial it, intelligence. He did it. They had the sideline cam out there. 
He did it in non-fungible fashions. Yeah. No <laughs> refunds. No exchanges. Put it no on a policy. Put it on a top shot card. Yeah. All yeah. everything. So it it stamps him. And then secondly, I think it's okay. Well, how quick how quickly and now what are we saying with him and Giannis all time? Yeah. Yeah. Because rewind maybe two months. And if not, just clear to last year after coming off of his MVPs and after he got his ring. And it's like, okay, well, this guy is now top 15. Yeah. And or top 20, I'll say, top 20, top 25. Yeah. Thinking that there's a lot more to be had in the years to come. And things have taken an interesting turn, so to speak. Yeah. And if Jokic gets one, he's even for the for the people who you know put rings at the top of the pecking order, which it's at least in the top two or three legacy breakdown. We'll yeah. have more to come. Yeah. But you give Jokic the one, he has the two MVPs, he has the ring, he has the you know same he has all the big man stats for assists, and he also has record shattering totals yeah at the at his position and now you know you're gonna get the crowd who the basketball purists who have never been you know fond of Giannis because his game is predicated on his physical attributes and he's you know blended that with just heart and you know the skill required to get the job done but everybody doesn't love it and you know you get the haters that he's like yeah he's a you know, a uh, member of the Decepticons out there. Like, he's insane. Yeah. And Jokic is polar opposite at face value. And you just have to watch him to appreciate that. No, he's the guy who's also a world-class athlete, all-time skill level, dominant, just will figure it out. And if he does that, it's okay. Well, we thought Giannis was going to be the head of his class, so to speak, right now, and and Jokic could easily level the playing field. He would essentially. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Jokic is it's his ability to score at all three levels in such a sly manner, and then you combine that with the vision of a point guard. It's Steve Nash and Jason Kidd like in terms of the passes that he throws, the needles that he threads through the haystack to get to guys. So we'll, we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to get somebody on here who knows a thing or two about Larry Bird because I'm starting to buy into the fact that this might be what it felt like watching yeah. Larry and just and him having the mystique, you know, no, it starts no. to feel like, okay, that's how they said his name back then. Like yeah. this, this, maybe this is. No, no, no. That's, that's a great, that's a great comparison. Time, because... but just to put it in yeah. conventional terms. Well, I'll even take it a step further since I'm already on the haterade. Like I would say a Jokic ring. And I don't know, crucify me in the comments. Might mean more than KD's two rings in Golden State. Just throwing that out there, food for thought, because he didn't have to go join a super team. They drafted all their guys. Yep, and if it were, I think that it will 100% play out. Because yeah. uh, 
if he gets one, you know, we're going to have a hell of an offseason. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple nuggets we're going to use as kickers before we get out of here. But Jokic gets this one. He won't be fully satisfied. That's for sure. Greatness, greatness, you know, has that in him and just will he will be a force to man. Can you believe that Wemby's going to be guarding this guy in like years to come? Man, that's also such an exciting talent that's about to enter the league. I just saw the I'm the viral video of him throwing it off the glass and going between the legs. I asked my guy, I said, who's the tallest person you've seen go between their legs? Maybe uh and of course guys can and these new guys can, but it's like you don't think of a ton of guys going through the legs. Like Obi Toppin made it look easy yeah. in college and stuff, but it's like you don't see seven foot fools just throwing it through the legs. You know Giannis can, yeah. whatever. Yeah. You didn't see right. Por- no, I agree. Porzingis probably Porzingis could at the time, I bet. But bro, this is just nuts. It's just nuts. He is insane. No, him, Chet, Jabari Smith Jr. There, there are uh but his frame is going to be insane. His frame is going to be Yao is the closest. He's going to be the closest to Yao we've seen since Yao. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. And that's crazy. We went from Jokic to Wemby so soon. That's how that's just a testament to how enigmatic this dude really is. And he's going to be in San Antonio, which is an hour and a half from Austin. So I might go down and catch this guy a couple times. He was like 100%, like you said, enigmatic. Like we mentioned his name and like it's a just, shadow, a shadow yeah. cast over the pot. Dude, it's like, it's like, it's it's like when you're in college it's and you like hear we better like enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, yeah. Literally, literally, it's like it's like you hear of the frat legend and then homecoming rolls around and you see him and you're like, oh my god, this is the guy that shotgun twelve beers in twelve seconds and then ate like forty slices of pizza in one sitting. This guy's like, this guy's the closest thing to Jesus, like. It's like Dude, no, no, I mean, man. It's it's insane. I'm just hoping that he plays one summer yeah. league game. Which, by the way, to all it of will, listeners, it we will shut it down. We will bet it. Bet, bet on it. You can bet we on will, it. We are working to get interviews and access, and we will have thoughts, reactions. We will field questions, comments, concerns, grievances. <laughs> we will do it all. I promise you that because Drake screwed up my Miami trip, but I'm replacing it with summer league. And that's a fact. Here we and go. We might, we might see Jalen Brown out there. They might test his handles out in, in the summer league just to see if we, we should, we should keep them or maybe start to move them come, come mid July. Maybe we should start having those conversations. This draft class is insane. I'm super stoked for the draft, which always falls near my birthday. I don't know what the date is this year. I'll try and pull it up before we get out of here. But this draft is going to be drunk. Yeah. It will be a drunk experience. And Shiv's Chuck's going to come on here. We're going to do a mock of sorts. And we're going to start to play with some stuff. We've already thrown out trade ideas. I'll give Chuck his credit for this. And I'm still in his glory of getting to announce it first. But for the sake of this being a time-stamped <laughs> offering, I'm, I'm going to get his take out there so it could, it could fly. But he had a three-way trade idea that gets, for one, 
Brandon Miller goes second to Charlotte, which I believe Charlotte needs to do. I call me, you know, they could regret it, but I just think that if they're trying to make something make sense and make it work, because I think LaMelo's tiptoeing the line and he's about to be out of there. I think Brandon Miller makes sense there. He reminds me of Paul George. Scoot now falls to three, which several teams will be offering the mother load to now jump to three and get Scoot. So the trade is between Utah and Portland. Utah trades up from number nine, also sends 16 for the number three pick. Portland also gets Walker Kessler in the deal. So now Portland, who came into the draft with three, which do we love Scoot Henderson for us if he were to fall to us? You have that Anthony ma- that, Simons. Yeah, that, and... that means that we do something with Dame or Ant. Anthony Simons, pardon me. <laughs> and do we really want Brandon Miller? Does that send us over the hump next year? Not really. We also have Shaden Sharp who can fulfill that role right now. Right. So why not? Let's trade down. So instead of the three pick, they walk away with the draft and Chuck's so far mock that he'll give some more on. They walk away from the draft with Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, mm. and Walker Kessler. And they've got a second, another pick in the first round that can be spent on whoever. Now say you do keep game. Now you're maybe, you have assets to where you're a playoff team at this point. You can yeah. get that team to the playoffs, and then who knows? You justify keeping Dame. You keep the team relevant, whatever. You can also send it the other way. But if you really want to keep Dame, that sort of makes them, you know, a playoff contender. Yeah. Which anything can happen at that point. And Utah just toss the keys to Scoot. We can even take another year and let him average probably 21 in like six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they also own like, all of Minnesota's picks and their firstborn children for the next 10 they, decades. They can so. also lump assets and become a contender quickly. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, hey, Danny Ainge, man, working his magic. We'll we'll get some fireworks in the we top also, five we of also, the draft. We also proposed on a pod, I forget what episode it was, but I had proposed that Orlando trades – for Dame by giving up, I think it was like six and 13, maybe. Bleacher Report just came out today and they proposed this. And whoever's there at Bleacher Report, whatever the intern is, Mark, Andrew, Jonathan, Jackson, Jason, whatever your name is, just know I would love to get cited for that. We're not sponsored. We would love sponsors. And we're, we came up with this theory first. Did you yeah, need me you- to the U.S. patent office to get it patented? I don't know how to do that. I have a full-time job and I'm taking care of two cats, so I can't do that. But go back and listen to the pod. It's said there, Bleacher Report, you owe us one. Anyways. You know, hey, he he was he did his homework. He did his research to to to, to dig through the you know canals and, and find yeah. us with that. Yeah. Good job, good job by him. He yeah, knows, he knows, knows what guy. he's doing. Um next uh next up, popcorn style. Bob Myers stepped down big position. Let's talk as about the patriarch of uh, the Golden State Warriors, as we know it today. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. How do you feel? And shout out to John when we were talking about this. What does this mean? What does this it, mean for Golden State? Because I think we're thinking the same thing. 
it inevitably points to the impending breakup yeah and the town hall that is going to be had and he is publicly stepping down from his office because he's not going to be a part of the proceedings when that he's not going to be the jerry kraus in this situation no he's not going to force himself to be the guy that has to make those decisions yeah and guess what we 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 had an episode called the writing on the wall yeah and it was that draymond and clay can add up to 75 million dollars when we're also paying jordan Poole, andrew wiggins and steph curry boatloads of money yeah and expect us to Compete. keep contending yeah and there's one or two answers pay cuts or we we explore other ventures and i think that jordan Poole, as as much of a head ass as he is i don't think that that culture is just like riding a bike and you have the guy you have a guy who's been there and knows what it's about at least yeah and you, I think you keep them, man. You keep them. If not, there's plenty of teams who will go and get them this offseason. Yeah. No, they'll agreed. get a nice they'll get a nice return on. They will. It'll be interesting. They wanna they wanna promote Joe Lacob's son or maybe Mike Dunleavy Jr. into this role. And right. one of my friends, I don't know First reports. I don't know who out there watches succession, but apparently the theme of succession is to not promote the 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 son into a prominent role it seems i haven't watched the show i don't know if I it's essentially it. game of thrones yeah in, in the corporate world yeah and i've not seen an episode yeah so <laughs> all i know is is you know he did an incredible job and if it wasn't for him you know i think do the warriors even win that many titles to be honest because he drafted draymond he's the one who convinced kd to come Right. Like he seems to have formed a very close relationship with KD, which allowed KD to really flourish yeah. in the system. So, no, it was rare. It, it was rare. It, it was expertly done. Couldn't have probably been pulled off any other way. It, it was the Avengers. Yeah. There's, there's the, the Doctor Strange. Yeah. There, there's yeah. one, there's one way we make this there's work. One way. <laughs> and yeah. that actually spins us into the next one because you have an example of perfectly managed assets and the next little nugget i want to throw in is you know the coaching carousel is in full effect yes nick nurse nick nurse is in philly and he wanted he wanted to be in philly yeah you know what my thought was when i first saw that news when it when it showed up on twitter through shams my first thought was either harden or Embiid won't be there by midseason next year harden won't be there by the start of the season harden will be under contract somewhere else by july 15th I I'm willing to. That's what, well, that's what we all think. Uh, I I would wager pennies on, <laughs> but regardless, he could stay. But um, I'm starting to believe the smoke to him back to Houston. I am, yeah. but um, regardless, how cool would that be right? How cool would that be for him to go back to this city that he essentially built? He they, they were relevant since super okay. super here for it. Super here for it. Yeah, I haven't seen too. a story like that, and they they would be here for some smoke next year but um philly is a team that has that has joel and b essentially to show for years and years of the process and you have you know on the opposite coast 
the Warriors, who year after year after year after year, bang, 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 title, 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 title. Yeah. <laughs> like eventually, yeah. like in, in the bangs being draft pick, like bam, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Looney, Poole, right trade here, right yeah. trade here, Iggy, like culture, On everything. Yeah, yeah, everything paying off. And Philly stockpiled all these first round picks, all these, you know, seasons in the gutter. And then, you know, throwing the bag at a couple stars here and there. And if Harden were to leave, would have Joel and beat the show for it. Yeah. Which is not looking as great as it did a month ago yeah for the foreseeable future and yeah i don't know you know a lot can change with the right coach and the right system and all that but they're they're gonna have to rebuild they are and we'll see what direction that goes with with maury who kind of hasn't shown a lot of you know he's he's got a formula he he pairs two stars together he did that with yao and t-mac did it with Embiid and Harden. I mean, did it with Harden and a number of <laughs> number twos in Houston. And he'll probably try it again. And it's like, all right, we'll see if a head coach does a difference. What's funny is Nick Nurse's assistant, uh, Nick Nurse's assistant in Toronto, Adrian Griffin, is now in the Milwaukee head coaching spot. Yeah, and I think that that could be more impactful than Nick Nurse going to Philly. Really. Yeah, why yeah. do you think? That? I don't. I I don't know too much about him. I, I and I don't know a ton either. But you know, coaching staffs are a diverse group. So for him to be the guy who was next in line under Nick to perceive like the head coaching nod, like if you look at you know the NFL for example, it's like oh, okay, you know when D'Amico Ryan's is ready for the head coaching job, or people are like, why isn't Eric enemy? getting the head coaching job yet somewhere. The coordinator is always promoted to the head coach. So right. if he is that guy who's also partly responsible for the system in Toronto that we give all this credit to Nick Nurse for and Coach of the Year awards and, you know, oh, look at how he's utilizing these unique lineups and sizes and versatility. It's multiple coaches putting that together. So right. I believe that, you know, a guy who's under the radar who we don't really know he could go into Milwaukee and have great success with a guy like Giannis who is willing to buy in to whatever the coach is telling him. So if he's yeah. got he's got the goods also, he's inheriting Giannis who, if he's healthy, I'm still taking over and beat. So yeah. interesting, you know, it's a nugget that we'll see. It's funny that a head coach and his assistant are both dipping. So I think that Milwaukee and Philly are parallels to watch for next year. Well, definitely, definitely no. The, the like you, I think the best way to describe it was the the coaching carousel is in full effect. Yeah, and this may not be the last coaching move either. There, I'm I'm sure. Oh, it won't be. It won't be. There, there are. Phoenix hasn't brought in their new head coach yet. Phoenix hasn't. You know who knows? And that's probably roster dependent. Right. Like that might not happen for a second. Right. Right. So it'll be interesting to see some of these some of these big names are are being taken off the market now. You know, let's see if maybe there's a young guy that gets promoted that we're just not aware of. And yeah, you also have uh, the exec in New York for the Knicks, 
who's out, who is, you know, responsible right. for bringing, bringing it culture and this new kind of resurgence, which was sort of interesting move. They, they announced that they decided not to extend their contract after this year. Yeah. So that, well, I'm interested. Indicates... I think I think I'm most interested to see what happens with Bob Myers. Where does he go after this? Is this just it? Does is he? Hanging I say out? he has he has a, a guy with after you experience that much success, that level of success. I don't think you're itching to go anywhere and just just for the heck of it. Yeah. So he could take a year or two off and come back to Golden State. Yeah, he very well could. People are suggesting that he might join Jerry West. With the Clippers, though, is what I heard. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's out there, but I would say he's he's not itching to go anywhere. But if he, if those guys are also wired differently, maybe he is, and maybe he does bring his talents elsewhere. Yeah, you never know. That's the best thing about this league; it's very unpredictable. And then, funny one, I thought <laughs> I, I would just mention because they said that they're. Uh, the league is in talks of, you know, the league always announces what they're going to do yeah. in the, the next season. Like they start dropping nuggets like, hmm, we may do this next year. There's thoughts of this. Yeah. And it happens next year. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's in the works. Right. They're saying uh, the league is likely to grant teams a second challenge if their first challenge is successful next year. I like how it. do how do we feel about challenge culture? I like it. I love challenge culture. I think it's I fair. Think it's it's so it makes so much sense, and I get that it's like you know oh it stops the game blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, the the intention of the challenge is to be used at a critical juncture of the game to ensure right. that the referees are making the right call. Right. So Missoula sometimes doesn't know that that's when it's supposed to be used, and he'll challenge a foul or a loose ball with six minutes to go in the third quarter. And it's like, I don't know what you're doing there, but I like the idea of if you win a challenge, you get rewarded. And if you lose the challenge, it hurts you. Right. And, and and I like that balance because why should you get penalized or why should you lose the challenge? If you got it right. It's a, it's a staple in team sports pretty yeah. much. Hockey has a challenge. The NFL has the challenge. If you get the right. challenge right, you get another one. Yeah. Baseball umpires challenge. And soccer uses cameras for every second every of the yeah. every square inch of the field. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they get it right. Yeah. I think that granting, you know, adding that element next year doesn't take away from the game because they've also figured out how to accelerate these reviews. Right. So we're, we're not, we're not, long. you know, that Miami game six and uh, some of those, some of these Miami fourth quarters are absolutely drunk in, in reviews to where you're just like, what's happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's not, I don't, I don't think it's for the worse of the game and they'll figure out how to make it flow <laughs> with the product, mm-hmm. how it needs to. I agree. And, uh, interesting. Interesting. But Man, that was uh that was a really good, really good cram that we just oh, got out. That was that was solid. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since we went the distance like that. We definitely just uh went the overtime for that one. I'm pulling up the final schedule just so we can tee up when we're gonna get these games before we lay uh our final start on the first. Finals do start on the first. That will be Thursday, 
And of course, Denver's at home. I wonder what the line is. Let's say Denver by six. I'm looking at it in real time. Can I find it? Can I find it? Oh my lord, it's Denver by nine. Hmm. Jesus. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. yeah. The wallet's out. Yeah. That that uh that says a little bit of something. Cook up your parlays. That's a I'm little bit of something. I'm excited for the series. Great coaching, great individual talents, great teams. Let's get the ball rolling, man. I'm excited to see what what if, if Denver can make this thing happen. Do it for yeah. you. No, man. Somebody go and get it. Somebody go and be great. Let's see something. That's what we're all here for. 100 percent Thank you for listening as always. Reminder that uh this we are not going anywhere. We will be delivering consistently. So keep that in mind. Interact with the pod. There's there's much more to come. We're gonna have some surprises the next couple episodes. And uh interact with us on socials and uh Shiv, anything for the folks. See you guys soon. We're we're back. Ain't really Lee, but I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Till next time.